on a trip Head to Cabo, take a dip south of the border But I can't afford her Luckily I know a spot right beside a used car Welcome to Now Hear This Entertainment, a podcast for fans of the guests who appear on this show As well as fans of music in general And a podcast for musicians, singers, songwriters, artists entertainers who want to learn more to help them grow in what they're doing. I'm your host, Bruce Wozniak from Now Hear This Incorporated. Check out www.nowhearthis.biz. Be sure to sign up for the email newsletter there, which is quick and easy. All that's required is an email address. We are coming to you from Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out on the web at www.cbpro, as in Crystal Blue Productions, cbpro.net. Be sure you are subscribing to this podcast and telling your friends to do so as well. We are thrilled to now be on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and SoundCloud. Lots of great guests on Now Hear This Entertainment, or as I've taken to calling it, NHTE. Joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville, my guest is a guitar player who has toured with Trisha Yearwood, Garth Brooks, Colin Ray, and Joe Nichols. He owns two music publishing companies on Music Row, SWAT Music Group and Busy at Play Publishing. He has a long list of production credits as well. You've been hearing a song called Red Mexico, which he wrote with a couple other guys he'll tell us about. Please welcome Johnny Garcia. How you guys doing? Very good, Johnny. Thank you. Thanks for so much. Uh, thanks for, for doing this today. Um, I appreciate you taking the time out because you're someone who is always just so busy. So before we get started, I thought I'd just have you talk a little bit about time management for the listeners out there that are up-and-coming songwriters or artists, because it's easy to get stuck on a song you're trying to write, and then something distracts you, and the next thing you know, it's 4 o'clock, or, or just you know another example of why time management is so important. With all the social media these days, it's easy to get caught up in spending too much time with Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever, and all of a sudden you look at the time and you just wasted a few hours. So I'm sure you can... Um, you can speak to the importance of, of time management. Absolutely. Uh, you know, the, the focus on writing a song, if, if you get in a room with people who do this for a living, usually the focus is very, very tight and very, very good. And usually a song, a songwriting session is over in, in three to four hours. And uh, you either got a song or you have a verse to go or something like that, but it's a very productive thing. Um, you know, yeah, of course, you know, we all, when we're writing, we do use the internet for, you know, for, for rhymes or to Google something to get information about a certain topic, you know, to help us write the song. You know, what you want to stay away from is, you know, if you're in, with a professional songwriter, especially is get off your phone, you know, don't be texting over and over <laughs> again, that sort of thing. Cause those can be, uh, you know, big distractions and, and a pretty big turnoff for, for somebody who does this professionally. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, but also take breaks, you know, get up and grab another cup of coffee, you know, uh, walk around for five minutes, come back in the room and, and then get at it again. So it's, it doesn't have to be a grueling, like, you know, in the trenches kind of thing, you know, just set a good pace and be respectful of your co-writer's time. Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned uh, about not being on your phone because, um, shame on me, I guess, this is, uh, I think this is episode 24 uh, that that we're doing here with you, and uh, I don't really think that we've spent a whole heck of a lot of time talking about the fact that, you know, being on your phone when you're in the presence of a Johnny Garcia or, or you know, someone that's pretty well established in the music business 
could be a real turnoff and, and really shows a lack of respect and uh, you know probably won't get you invited back anytime soon for a, a co-writer or, or a follow-up meeting or, or whatever it is uh, that, that you're face-to-face with someone on. So, um, Johnny, thank you for pointing that out. That's, that's certainly uh, very relevant and very vital. Yeah, it's just, uh, you know, uh, especially if, you, if you're getting the first opportunity to write with somebody that you've been, you know, that's been on your wish list for a while, then, uh, you know, make sure you, you know, dedicate all your attention to the writing session and, uh, and uh, you know, anything else can, can step aside, you know. Yeah. Um, so let's, let's back up. Uh, during the intro, we were playing a tune called Red Mexico. Tell the listeners about that song, who you wrote it with, where the idea came from, uh, and, and perhaps what you might be doing with that song presently. Mm-hmm. Uh, that song I co-wrote with uh, one of my writers here. His name is Greg Crow, and a writer from the Ruckus Room. Uh, his name is Adam Wood. Uh, so that's one of my favorite, you know, kind of teams to write with and so forth. Um, uh, the idea came from, and it's a brand new song, so, you know, I'm just excited about it, and, and it's getting a lot of action. Hopefully it'll get cut here pretty soon. Uh, it's just a song, you know, we all were talking, we're asking, you know, about my favorite Mexican restaurant, you know, and, uh, you know, I like the hole in the wall little places, you know, the ones, like the song says, you know, next to the used car lot by the Texaco and all this kind of stuff. So, you know, so it's, it's basically about that. It was just a, a fun kind of thing, you know, and, uh, you know, in, in Latino world, almost none of us. Uh, celebrate Cinco de Mayo, but but in America, like in you know, a whole, everybody else does. So uh, it was just kind of a funny, you know, kind of tongue in cheek kind of thing. You know, it's just uh, that came out great. Uh, uh, so anyway, that was pretty much it. And we we're pitching it around to the to the big guys, and uh, we've got some some pretty serious interest on it. We'll see what happens. Very good. And uh, for those listeners who have been downloading the Now Hear This Entertainment podcast regularly. Hopefully you have heard the name Greg Crow before. Uh, I have had the pleasure of meeting Greg on several occasions. Uh, we always see each other, he and I, at the songwriters festivals um, in Pensacola Beach and uh, and in Alabama, uh, latter part of every year. But um, I know his name has been mentioned on, on other podcasts, and lo and behold, here we are again, uh, Johnny Garcia, talking about Greg. So uh, I know that he is uh, very well thought of in, in Nashville, uh, Johnny, and that and that Greg um, has had a lot of success. So I'm sure that you're happy to be working with him. Absolutely, he's a he's a great guy and an amazing songwriter, and and man, he is just a barrel of fun. That guy, I've never seen that guy <laughs> in a down mood or a bad mood. He's always laughing, joking, cracking up and stuff. But tell you what, you know what? When it when it's time to write, man, he is, he's the best. He's, he's fantastic. Him and I go back about uh, uh, 20 years or so, I think. So. But I'm very, very happy that he's assigned to our company here. Fantastic. And I uh, I was thinking the same thing as you started to say that. I thought, and he's a real fun guy, too, so I'm not surprised to hear you saying the same thing. Uh, so, so that will bring us into the wonderful world of song plugging, uh, the world of music publishing. You, Johnny, as I mentioned during the intro, own both uh, Busy at Play Publishing as well as SWAT Music Group. Uh, and if you just tell the listeners a little bit, especially the up and comers, uh, I don't, I don't know that that aspiring songwriters, uh, especially outside of Nashville, um, thoroughly really understand the role of publishing in the music industry. People just know 
I'm writing a song and I want it to be a hit, but I don't think they realize uh, where a publisher comes into. And I, and I know song plugging, um, you know, has has kind of uh, maybe passed its peak. Um, but if you could just kind of comment a little bit about both um, publishing more so because of your two companies um, and, and maybe to some extent about song plugging as well. Well, publishing in the music industry to publish songs, uh, like if you can imagine a magazine or a book, you can't buy either one of those things without a without a publisher. They have to be published, right? Same same thing with music. Uh, there has to be a publisher to to any song that gets recorded, you know, professionally, uh, to be released to iTunes or so forth, or uh, or to big radio or any of that. You know, there has to be a publisher involved. Uh, a lot of established songwriters they they do their own publishing. You know, the guys that have had, you know, numerous top 10 hits here in the last few years or whatever. Uh, but for the newer writer, where the publisher comes in, is first of all, the, the publisher, uh, and it's in, when I talk about, let's just say, SWAT Music Group, we have to be very connected to the labels, to the A&R uh, department of the labels, to the VP of the labels, to the president of the labels, and so forth. And we know almost all of the artists that are the major artists and the producers. So saying that, you know, most younger songwriters uh, or, you know, that are trying to get established, they don't know the artists. They don't know the producers uh, or the record label people. So that's where we come in. If we think that they have a song that's commercial, commercially viable, you know, that we could possibly get a cut on this, we take the song over to that producer, that artist, etc. Because, you know, we have those doors open because of years and years of relationships. And so that's where we come in handy, you know. Uh, we can get your music out there. Uh, we can either do, you know, a, a, um, agreements for one song. Like if I, if you're not signed exclusively to our company, but I like a song that you have, or 10 songs or 20, we do what you call a single song agreement with this writer. I'll take those 20 songs, put them in one contract called a single song agreement, and I will pitch that stuff over to the, to the whole, you know, every artist in town or wherever the, the pitch makes sense to. Mm -hmm. And if we get a cut, you know, uh, publishing, you know, makes 50% of the money for the song, the writers keep 50% of the money, so, you know, from, from, from everything, from mechanicals, performance royalties, and so forth. Uh, so anyway, that's, that's where the publisher comes in. Also, though, uh, we employ writers full-time which is called exclusive agreements. Uh, you know, like, for instance, we have uh, Brad Crisler, Bridget Tatum, Dave Gibson, Jay Brunswick, Michael Howard, uh, Greg Crow, of course, and John Swatner. And our newest addition is a, is, a, is a guy named Josh Dunn. Now, what we do is we give those people, like, a two-year contract with, like, three options to renew. If in those two-year you know, and then we pay them a salary per year. And then in those two years, if if we like the progress, if we like the cut, you know, how many cuts that we got, or even if we haven't got, had a lot of cuts from this particular writer, if what they're writing is dead on, we know we're going to get cuts. So, you know, then we extend their contracts and so forth. So that's what you call an exclusive agreement, though. Well, that's a really great, great description, and, and thank you for taking the time to to be so clear with all that. I think it's um, 
you know, integral to the education of the people who are listening to this podcast because they're trying to get further in the music business. And, um, you know, listeners, those of you that are up and comers, I, I can't stress enough um, how important publishers are in the music business and, and that you should not overlook them. I know uh, one of the times that I was in Nashville and had one of my clients performing there, uh, that's how I met June McHugh, who is the guest on uh, episode 10 of this podcast. And if you didn't listen to that one, you can go back and download it and listen to the take that she gave uh, about music publishing. But, you know, for my client and, my, and myself as her manager to be approached at the end of her show by a music publisher, you know, that's that's almost a home run for you uh, if, you know, if you're somewhere where um, someone like that is approaching you. So, uh, and, and as Johnny said, you know, SWAT Music Group does employ writers themselves. Uh, but again, you know, don't, don't be bombarding publishers uh, with hire me to be a writer because these are, these are top writers. Uh, for instance, you know, we already talked about Greg Crow. Uh, he mentioned Jay Brunswick, who has had 37 major and independent cuts by artists. Um, Josh Thompson, Jimmy Van Zant, um, Russell Hitchcock from Air Supply. So you know these are these are very accomplished uh, individuals that that Johnny's talking about. Um, so Johnny, because of your extensive music credentials, uh, the, the the publishing companies, the playing, your long list of production credits, I know there are, there are listeners that are hoping that you'll give out some secret to getting their songs cut. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely, I think uh, you know if if you're not in the in the top leagues of the songwriting community in Nashville, that the thing to do is go uh, around town and find uh, the higher level of of uh, venues that do writers' rounds that that have more of a higher level of of, of writers' rounds. The reason I say that is uh, because you you can introduce yourself to the to the writers because the writers are there to meet people. They're just not there to, to play their songs, you know? And so a lot of these writers have had success and, uh, and they're looking for that new star that, you know, they're looking to get in the, you know, to hit the ground running with somebody who's got a lot of potential, you know, as an artist, or, you know, if you, if you're a writer, have your information with you, even have a CD in your pocket or whatever, or your purse and put the absolute best stuff that you have on this, on the CD or send it on an email or whatever if you make that connection with that writer. Do not waste the writer's time, though, with anything that, that doesn't sound like a hit on the radio. It's got to be very, very, you know, strong stuff, and uh, and you can you can possibly get song co-writer, um, uh, co-writing sessions with some of these people that way. And, of course, you know, how you present yourself, you know, you don't want to present yourself like either too cocky or whatever, you know, just, you know, have some good good manners about you and so forth, you know, just be pleasant, you know, and, and, you know, the, the importance of how people interpret you as a person is very, very important as well. You know, it's like, man, is this guy or this girl, they, they seem like they're just a fun hang, but they're, they're cool people. Yeah. That takes you a long way too. Yeah. You know, so, so yeah, I mean, get around town and meet writers, you know, and, uh, and, and try to, you know, make make relationships and keep doing that, keep doing it, keep doing that, and pretty soon you will get those co-writes. And when you go to that co-write, you know these guys or girls that are in the top level positions of writing, they're not going to give you their great ideas. They want to see what you've got. They want to see how good ideas you got. You know, it doesn't have to be a song yet. It can just be an idea with a hook, a title. 
you know, exactly. and they're going to want to listen to five, six, seven, or eight, nine things. And then if they like one of them, they'll go, okay, let's go with that. You know, they want to see how strong your your melody is. You know, even if there's no lyrics, you know, if you're just humming a melody, uh, everything everything goes, everything goes. So that first impression is, is, is very, very big, very important. You know, so go very prepared with several ideas. You know, it could be a part of a verse and a part of a chorus or just a thought with a hook, you know, uh, and and then uh, things should go well. Yeah, exactly. And I'm glad that, that you pointed out the, the personal aspect because, you know, as I've said on this podcast before, uh, you, you never want to go into these situations with your hand out. What can you do for me? Number one, people are going to sense that right away. Number two, as Johnny mentioned, if you're going into a co-write session, if you think you're going to go in there to, to, to try to get their ideas, as Johnny just said, it's not going to happen. Uh, but second of all, you know, you, you have to show that you're willing to invest your time and, and your ideas into this. It's, it's not unlike when you're going out and doing networking. Uh, you can't just go to a bunch of different networking groups and see how many you could go to for free just to pass out business cards. No one's going to remember you. You're not going to get any business out of it. And, you know, you, you eventually have to commit to one or two or three real good networking groups that you're going to invest your time in, you're going to build relationships. And that's what Johnny's referring to here is you have to build these relationships and, and earn the respect and the trust by just being yourself, but also bringing your good, your strong ideas to the table. We've also talked here about, uh, you know, Johnny said if you've got some songs you know, that you're going to give on a CD or, or send by email, you know, have them professionally recorded. I know that that in this day and age of of garage band and and things like that, that a lot of people you know like to cut corners. And and there's nothing wrong with trying to save a little money. Um, but if you're going to hand it out to somebody that's pretty significant, you know, it it, it better sound great. Otherwise, um, Johnny, you know, you, you among many would would be real quick to to probably just press stop if if you hear something that um, is just a, a a poor quality recording. I'm sure. <laughs> Yeah, um, and also, let me stress this to, to our listeners. Sometimes, you know, we have our buddies that play, you know, that maybe are not real established, really good recording musicians yet, but they will be. You know, I was that guy back in the day, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's better to record a song, your song, acoustically, just to say, a couple of acoustic guitar tracks, maybe a percussion track mm-hmm. by a guitar player that plays really, really well. Good time, good feel, good tone, and then do a, a good vocal track on it. That is way more powerful than a full production demo with a bunch of sloppy tracks in it. You know, so just, you know, most of us get it. If we just hear a song with an acoustic guitar and a vocal or a piano and a vocal, most of us in the music industry, we, we get it. You know, we can hear the full production aspect of it, you know, in our, in our head and so forth. So it's better to have a real high quality acoustic guitar. We call them guitar vocals here in Nashville than a, than a poor full production demo. Cause a poor, a, a poor full production demo can kill your song immediately. Good Somebody stuff. will push stop. It's because I don't want to hear it to the bad recording. Yeah, very so, well yeah, said. So, yeah, just make sure your recordings, are, your, your recordings are good. You don't have to spend a ton of money if you just do guitar vocals on it. You know, and then from there on, if you start getting a publisher on your side, whether for a single song agreement deal or an exclusive deal, then we cover the cost of those demos and only use the top shelf musicians in town. Very well said. 
I am Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is guitar player, songwriter, all-around music man Johnny Garcia. Check out one of his publishing companies online, SWAT Music Group. They are at www.swatmusicgroup.com. That's SWAT, uh, S-W-A-T, as in call the SWAT team. Uh, They are actually on uh, Twitter also. Be sure that you're checking out www.nowhearthis.biz. That's H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast and tell others about it too. Feel free to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook and or become a Twitter follower. Uh, Actually, just putting up a... um, a promo, a 60-second promo video on YouTube for uh, the podcast. Uh, Johnny, let's uh, put the publishing talk on hold for now and talk about your playing. You still tour with uh, with both Garth Brooks and Trisha Yearwood, and in fact, uh, Garth is going to be doing another tour. Yes, correct. And uh, you will be out on the road. Do you know for how much time that will be? Well, um First of all, let me see, when did I join Garth? I think it was in 2000. So I've been with him, you know, coming on 14 years and so forth. But all, all through most of my tenure with him, we've only done a handful of things a, a year here or there. And then he was doing that Vegas thing over there, doing a solo thing for the right. most part. Right. Ben would come in every now and then and so forth. And, you know, uh, he uh, he went on semi-retirement, basically, until his his daughters went off, the last one went off to college, which that just happened this season. Uh-huh. And so the tour starts in Ireland. Uh, I believe it's uh, July 25 through 29 at Croke Stadium. He sold out five nights over there, uh, wow. which is amazing, 82,000 seats a night. You know, wow. the, the man can sell a ton of tickets. But anyway, yeah, so he told us, you know, the, the tour might go three years, it might go eight. It, he says, we'll do it for as long as we're having fun, is what he said. So, <laughs> so we're just uh, going to get out there and and have some fun and entertain some folks and have a great time doing it. So I'm looking forward to it, and uh, I can't tell you, you know, how fine a human being that man is, too, as well. Though. Outstanding, outstanding. Uh the international um, playing is—is is that? Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that's. You know, it's it, the, the travel is a lot more than people realize, but I'm sure that that's kind of a, a fun element um, for you to be able to go and play in Ireland as opposed to uh, just going to cities throughout the U.S. Yeah, well, uh, and also, of course, I've played lead guitar for Trisha Yearwood since 1991, so I'm about 23 years with her, uh, and. With Trisha, we toured Europe extensively there for for, for quite a long time, mm-hmm. and so um, we had an amazing time every time we went out there. Now, yeah, you get tired of the travel and so forth, and the jet lag and so forth. But right. once you hit that stage, I mean, it just everything goes out the window. I mean, it's the the European audiences are fantastic. They, uh, I love them. Yeah, we also play a lot in Australia. Um, so anyway, yeah, the the you know. We've traveled the world, you know, and, and we've been very fortunate to do that and so forth. And uh, even Trisha had taken uh, some time off here the last three or four years. And uh, we just did 30 shows with her this year. And she's been really busy doing cooking shows, which uh, I've done a few of those with her, and they're a lot of fun to do. But she'll be a guest on the Garth Tour. Uh, at some point in the second half of the show, she'll come out and do three or four numbers probably. And, and so I'm really lo- looking forward to uh, to being a part of that. 
So clearly, you you will you will also play on on the songs that she does too. It's not it's not that it's a whole uh, split show. Um, you'll you'll play on on the songs that she that she comes out for. That's correct. That's correct. Yeah, um, that's correct. We now have added uh, Steve Cox, which has been a long time keyboard player of Trisha's band. He's now a brand new member of the Garth Brooks band as well. So she'll have some of her band on on Garth stage as well. Gotcha. You know, just for kind of for comfort for comfort zone thing. Well, I always I always like to try to ask this question of my guests because as much as it is a business and we know it's not as glamorous as people think, certainly there have got to be some highlights, one or two or three highlights that really stand out to you from from over the years. I mean, as you just mentioned, I know that's quite a time period to think back over, but 23 years with with Trisha Yearwood, uh, 14 years with Garth. Um, one or two or three highlights, Johnny, that that come to to mind as as you know some real great memories. Well, I tell you what, um, with Trisha, it's just been you know she's family. I just love her to pieces, and we've had so many incredible moments and so forth. A couple of things stand out. Maybe um, uh, this was maybe six, seven years ago. The one venue that had eluded us that we had not ever played was Carnegie Hall. Ah. And we finally got to play that, and my goodness, uh, <laughs> what a venue. And it was like, there's magic going on all over that building. It, is, <laughs> it was a nice that I'll never forget. You know, uh, there's some other, uh, uh, we just played, uh, like two months ago, we just played this newer theater in Austin called the Moody Theater, which might be my favorite theater in the U.S. to play. Wow. If anybody's out in Austin, Texas, around that area, I suggest you go to this theater and see a show. It is absolutely magnificent. Wow. Uh, so, I mean, there's been so, so many things, Bruce, it's, it's, you know, but uh, those couple of things stand out, you know, some, uh, playing uh, Royal Albert Hall in London too was, was just absolutely mind boggling. So yeah, <laughs> I'm sure. uh, a lot of really cool things, you know, with, with Garth, um, the, the show probably that stands out to me the most is, the very first show I did with him was at the Great Western Forum in Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Uh, this, this is back in, was it 2000, maybe? But anyway, I had one quick rehearsal with the band, and um, right before we got on stage, he he says, hey, man, it doesn't really matter how good you play, how good you sound, if you play the right notes. Just, you know, I thought that was really odd, right? Yeah. Uh, right before I got on stage, he told me that, just have some fun, man, just have some fun. Doesn't wow. matter if you play the right things or not. Wow. And I'm going, well, I want to have some fun, but I'm going to play the right thing. Yeah. Well, as soon as I got on stage, I was like a deer in the headlights, man. <laughs> I could not hear one thing I was playing because the crowd was so overbearing. Oh, my god. In gosh. a wonderful way, obviously, right? Yeah. You can't hear anything because they are so incredibly way louder than the PA. And then the roar of the crowds, they come in through every open microphone on stage, and then they blast right up to you through the monitors, and it gets even louder. So, wow. yeah, he went to eye across the stage from me, and I said, oh, I guess because you don't hear nothing. You just kind of go with it and have some fun. And <laughs> But uh, his audience is, oh, my goodness, the DD level of the audience is, it's, it's, you know, if anybody's been to a Garth show, it's, it's you know, it's through the roof, literally. Mm-hmm. So that first one for me was, was, was Wow. You know, an incredible, incredible experience. Well, you know, Johnny, it, it sounds like the Lord has truly blessed you because, uh, you know, to, to have an experience like that, you know, where it's your first show with, with Garth Brooks, 
uh, you know, the Garth Brooks, and and that's what he tells you before you go on stage. Not, you know, not you better be on, fella, you know, or don't make me look bad. I mean, that's you know, that that's a true blessing. And then the, even the comment that you made about about Trisha Yearwood being family. Um, you know, it mm-hmm. just sounds like, you know, look, like the Lord has really looked with favor upon you and, uh, you know, and obviously blessed you with talent, too. So um, it's just, you know, just very heartwarming to hear those types of stories uh, because it is a business and, and it does, you know, get a little hectic out there. Um, but it's nice to know, uh, you know, that, that those types of memories are being made. Absolutely. Um, you know, when I auditioned for Trisha back in June of 1991, I would have never imagined you know, what was to come. Um, the kind of person she is, the family that we are, you know, her parents, you know, they both passed not long ago, uh, were so close to my family. Um, you know, that, that ability to, to understand that you are, you know, even though this is 45 foot buses that you travel in, (laughs) they're tiny if you don't get along with people. Uh, well you know, said. it's to be mindful, to be mindful, to be considerate of people, you know, through all the years, um, we have put ourselves in situations where the people that, that, that we play with, the musicians, not only are great musicians, but they're incredible people as well, you know, so it's, um, it's, uh, in, in Garth's camp, the same thing, you know, uh, if you notice, I mean, Garth has had the same, same people playing for him. Some of them have been there since day one. And uh-huh. I've been with Trisha since day one myself. Yeah. So they're very loyal people. They're very family-based people, and uh, they're a lot of fun. They're, they're very caring, you know. Uh, you know, how many times have you ever heard the thing where, you know, you're touring with a big artist, and you've been there a year, and you've never even met the artist, you know. So these these, these artists I work with are the extreme opposite of that. They're, they're fantastic human beings. Yeah, that's beautiful. What a, what a blessing. Okay, now it's time for Bruce's bonus. This is a segment here on Now Hear This Entertainment where I take off my hat as podcast host and put on my hat as president of Now Hear This Incorporated, giving a helpful tip for the listeners that are musicians, singers, songwriters, entertainers who are out there trying hard to make a go of it. Today's bonus is if you're flying somewhere for a gig, arrive the night before. Flight delays or even cancellations are a regular part of air travel. Even if it's the middle of summer on a bright sunny day, you never know about mechanical problems or other unforeseen delays that could result in you missing your show if you cut it close and travel on the day of. Not to mention that you'll be affected physically and emotionally by the travel. And that is today's Bruce's Bonus. So as a veteran of the music business, Johnny, for the aspiring artists that are listening, talk about uh, you know the advice that you have for them for getting on tour. Uh, artists? Yes. Okay. Um, great question. You know, there's hundreds and hundreds of artists in Nashville, Tennessee that come over here looking for that break, looking for that relationship, for that you know, connection to meet somebody that might make a difference for them. Um, first of all, meeting people that, let's say, record executives or publishers like myself, producers and so forth, or very, very high-level musicians that are that can make a difference in your career in this industry, seldom will you ever find it down in Lower Broad here in Nashville. Like, if, for instance, we, we never go... To, pretty much to the bars down there and, and hang out because it's 
we don't want to mess with the downtown area, and that's that's very very tourist based. Right. You know, so so go to the writers' rounds that are not down in Lower Broad. You know, maybe to the to the Bluebird. You know, to the listening room. Uh, the Commodore, you know, there's several places, you know, uh, that, that whole writer's rounds and stuff and meet people there, you know, start introducing yourself. Because um, a lot of times in the very high level writer's round, say like in the blue, at the Bluebird, you're going to, there's going to be producers there. There's going to be high level musicians, high level executives. So that's where you want to go. If you want to go to Lower Broad, you know, I, I, Lower Broad is fantastic if you're a tourist, you know, great music and so forth. But none of the industry goes there. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're not going to, chances are, you're not going to meet anybody in the industry down at Lower Broad. You know, uh, as nice as those places are and so forth, and as good as the music is, because we don't go there. Uh, there's a section here in town called Midtown that a lot of the industry goes there. You know, so that, you know, you know, just remember that word. It's called Midtown. There's, a, you know, there's, there's some bars there and so forth. They also have writers' rounds and shows. Now, a lot of the industry hangs out in that part of town. And, and unfortunately, it, it almost, the only place you can meet the industry folks is at, at bars. You know, I mean, where else are you going to meet them? You know, uh, so, so make yourself present in the Midtown area or some of those other clubs I'm talking about and just go introduce yourself. Introduce yourself to people, you know, uh, you know just, just be likable. And next thing you know, uh, you might uh, you might have met somebody that can make a difference in your world, you know. But you definitely cannot just stay in your apartment and keep writing songs without <laughs> getting out there and meeting the people because you're never going to get anywhere, you know. I mean, as good a song as, as you write or as good a singer as you are, you have got to find a way to connect yourself to people that can make a difference. Yeah, and so much of, of what you've been saying uh, so far during this podcast, and of course, uh, you know, the further out we get with the number of episodes that are produced of, of Now Hear This Entertainment, this is bound to happen. But for instance, when you were talking about uh, having played at Carnegie Hall, you know, last week's guest, uh, Amy Petty, she talked about, uh, when, she, when she was here on the podcast, she talked about playing at Carnegie Hall, and you also mentioned uh, the, the great venue um, that you've fallen in love with in Austin, Texas. And listeners, uh, go back and listen to episode number 19 with Danny Brooks. He's a singer-songwriter based out of Texas. But what I'm getting at is um, back on episode 20, Ryan Weaver uh, talked about you know what, what Johnny's saying in terms of getting out on tour. Um, you know, it's, it is going to take, uh, not only money, but it's going to take knowing the right people. And I'm glad you said, Johnny, you know, nobody's going to find you if you're just sitting at home in your apartment writing songs, because you do need to get out and meet people. Um, you know, but also just be yourself as, as Johnny said, and, and I like Johnny that I can tell that that's obviously big with you, you know, for people to just be themselves, uh, because you've, you've said it more than once already. Uh, and you don't want somebody walking up to you, um, you know, and being a phony or coming on too strong and that type of thing, because that's the last thing that's going to get you on tour. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, you know, and a lot of times, I mean, a lot of times it's just a conversation that maybe doesn't even talk about the music industry. Yeah. You know, it's just talking about life sometimes. I mean, um, I remember uh, uh, one night I was playing in London and I just arrived like at four in the afternoon. The band arrived over there with Trisha and there was a message light on my phone. My, my, my room phone was on. And so I called the front desk and. Uh, Paul McCartney's tour manager had left a voicemail for us saying, wow. hey, uh, Paul heard that 
that Trisha and the band are in town today. We're playing at Wembley Stadium today. You know, here's 10 tickets, you know, for front row seats, and Paul wow. would love to see you guys after the show. Wow. Yeah, at first I thought it was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> but but uh, the reason I bring that up is, uh, so we went to the show. Trisha, unfortunately, she was coming in on the, on the Concord the next day, back when the Concord was in use. Uh -huh. uh, so the band went, though, and after the show, we, we went backstage, and... I sat there and talked to Paul McCartney for probably 45 minutes, for probably 45 minutes, and we never talked about music. Wow. We were just guys hanging out, yeah. talking about everything that just came to mind. And we both just absolutely loved that moment. Uh, I mean, for me, it, you know, it was one of these times in my life that, that I was a little bit starstruck, you know, but, <laughs> but again, you don't act, you sure, don't let sure. it show, you know, you, you're just cool, you know, and so anyway, again, I say sometimes it's just, you know, just the hang, how good was the hang, you know, you yeah. know, how, how pleasant is this person? Yeah. And then from there, I mean, that's why, you know, also I do a lot of business deals at the golf course, you know, mm -hmm, <laughs> so, mm -hmm. so it's just a lot of, a lot of, you know, how likable are you? And you can go a long way, you know, just with that aspect of your life. Yeah, and I can't remember which episode it was, but I do specifically remember uh, at one point on the podcast talking about exactly that, you know, finding out what people are into so you can talk to them about their hobbies or about their pets or about their kids, about their family, so that it's not right. just music, music, music. I mean, they get it. They they know that ultimately, you know, you, you want to do some business with them, but it's going to mean a lot to them that you've taken the time to remember you know, that, oh, yeah, this person has this many kids, or, oh, yeah, this person is really into their, their cats, or, or into, like Johnny said, into playing golf. Um, so those things uh, really will go a long way. Absolutely. Um, I'd love for you to just share some insights on the whole touring world in general, Johnny. We've, we've kind of talked about bits and pieces of it here and there, um, but, but it is such a such a huge animal um you know maybe just certain parts of of the business part of of touring um that that you think uh would be helpful for some of the listeners to hear about okay um let me let me start with you know musicians that are trying to get on a tour uh that want to audition to get on a tour you know yes perfect let me stress this to to all who's listening you know you can be an incredible guitar player or piano player or fiddle player mandolin but until you become an incredible musician is when good things are going to happen to you you let's just talk guitar players and i'm a you know i'm a lead guitar player myself uh when i first got to nashville you know the first thing you think of is like I got to be able to outplay everybody here, <laughs> and then I, I could play more notes than than you could begin to absorb. I mean, you know, you think that you got to be, you know, a gunslinger and so forth. Uh -huh. Absolutely not. You know, of course, we want to know how to play our instruments, but it's so important to be a musician to play to the song. Nashville is all about the lyric and all about the phrasing of the lyric, all about the melody of the lyric. So as as, music, as musicians, you know, you don't step over that lyric. You don't crowd that lyric because you'll never get a gig. 
again, that's why I mean you've got you've got to be become a musician and understand that Nashville is all about the song. Now in rock music, it's 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 a different world. A lot of times you can't even hear the vocals on a rock song, and that's right too. You know what I'm saying? I'm a rock guy at heart. I, that's what I started playing when I was a kid. So here in Nashville, though, uh, be musical. You know your tone, your feel, your touch, and your your, your timing. You know. Uh, also, I can't stress this enough. Every time you sit down and practice, I don't care how boring this is. Practice with a metronome, because in Nashville, in order, you know, especially to get into the studio world, your timing has got to be incredible. So, I've had a lot of kids through the years come up to me and say, "Hey, man, show me those licks that you play that are so wacky and cool and bruh." Uh-huh. And I said, "No, we got to start here first. Your inner clock has got to develop to where your timing is really good." Mm. You know, you know. Learn how to play right in the middle of that quarter note. You know, once you master that and you can play right in the center of it, that's not very musical. But your inner clock is is now is now really really solid. Wow. Then you can go start dancing with that quarter note. You can play a little bit behind it. You can <laughs> play a little sexier. Or you want to play a little bit ahead of it, maybe like bluegrass guys do. But that's all by design. You know, once your inner clock gets developed, that's critical. You know, when you find, when you get to that audition, though. Your personality, again, is very important. You know, how likable are you? And again, pour your heart out on that instrument. Don't worry about being a hot rod guitar player. Be a great musician. And good things will happen. I love it. That's a, that's a great description. You know, when, once you get out there, you know, when, when you get on a tour, and of course, you're going to have to know people to get recommended for an audition. So again, that's when going out to the Bluebird, going out to these other, you know, nightclubs in town and so forth, that's all of that comes into play. You know, and next thing you know, if you're a musician, you're sitting in somewhere, you know, with, with a with a good band. And then boy, it's time to shine. You know, you, you better bring it. You know what I'm saying? And then again, you need to network yourself as that musician because you gotta start meeting people. You know, and the more people that you meet get a chance to play here, get a chance to play there and so forth, the better your chances are of getting recommended to, to a tour, you know, to audition for a tour. Uh, once you get there, though, very important, how, your ability to live with other people in the bus mm. is huge. I mean, you can get fired in a blink of an eye if, if your manners or your, you know, maybe not your manners, but, you know, uh, just if you rub people the wrong way too much, if you're oh. inconsiderate, if you're a little too selfish about your needs and so forth, that you don't know how to share space that well, you know. And I also I can't tell you, uh, keep your nose clean. You know, touring is an incredible experience. You know, don't go pollute your head too much. I mm-hmm. mean, just try to just enjoy it. You know, do a have a great show. Hey man, have a glass of wine afterwards or a beer or something. Yeah, you know, of course we, you know, we we all do that and so forth. Just don't don't abuse the right, situation, right. and you'll you'll be engaged for for years and years to come. Yeah, yeah, I have to acknowledge that that being out on tour is a blessing, and and the the perspective that that you need to have out there is that it's a privilege and not a right. You know, so so you want to respect that, that privilege that you've been given. Right, you know, and, and you know, for me, um, the, the the way that I got handed an opportunity was when Trisha first put her band together. 
back in uh, June of 91. She already had her number one song on the radio. It was called uh, She's in Love with a Boy. Uh, the last guy, I, I guess she, they, they auditioned a couple of days with the guitar players and she, she, she wasn't totally knocked out, I guess, by, by one of them. So they had a second set of auditions a couple of weeks later. And the bass player who had gotten the gig with her, his name is Craig Langford. I knew him back from Texas. Him and I played in a couple of bands together down there. And mm. he recommended me. And so a lot of times also there's that angle there, you know. If Craig wouldn't have gotten the, the gig with Trisha, then then I, I would have never been recommended to that gig. Yeah. Now, now, so he recommended me. You know, the producer of our funders heard some of my recordings, and Trisha also did. We didn't know each other, obviously, you know, and they gave me a slot. Yes. And uh, again, those things that I'm describing of what to do when you get that audition opportunity is, uh, you know, is what I did. I just played with all the soul that I had. I forgot about you know, not being the hotshot gunslinging guitar player, but just being musical to her voice, playing guitar to how, you know, where she's at mm-hmm. kind of thing to complement her thing, you know, and it, 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 worked, it worked out great, obviously, you know, you know, we're still together and so forth. Outstanding. I'm Bruce Wozniak, and joining me today on the Now Hear This Entertainment guest line from Nashville is guitar player, songwriter, all-around music man, Johnny Garcia. Check out one of his publishing companies, uh, SWAT Music Group, online at www.swatmusicgroup.com. That's S-W-A-T, like call the SWAT team. They are on Twitter also. You can follow them there. Be sure that you're also checking out www.nowhearthis.biz, spelled H-E-A-R, and sign up for the e-newsletter there and subscribe to this podcast. Feel free to tell others about it, too, and to use the social media buttons on nowhearthis.biz to like the Now Hear This page on Facebook, become a Twitter follower, or subscribe to the NHT YouTube channel. Johnny, I mentioned in the intro that the song that we played uh, was written by you and a couple other guys. We talked about it. Certainly, I know from going back and forth to Nashville that in that city in particular, there's a huge emphasis on songwriting. And you being the president of SWAT Music Group, um, that, meaning songwriting, is a tremendous part of your business. Countless books are written about the craft. There are seminars that are put on for songwriting. And I don't care how good you look or how good you play. I know that in Nashville, anyone you talk to will say it's all about the song. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Without a doubt, this is a song-based town. I mean, the, the lyric and the melody is, is what it's all about, you know. Yeah, and what I want the listeners to, to recognize is that Johnny is the president of Swap Music Group, but he's also just been talking about being a player, but at the same time, he's making sure that he's got songwriting uh, covered, too, and, and, and that's, a, that's a, very, a very big part of what you do. Absolutely. Uh, I'll just uh, I'll, I'll touch on on uh, in my view as publisher slash producer slash songwriter what I like to see in a song. Uh, first of all, you know, uh, for you new writer guys and girls, you know, try to get to that first chorus. You know, by forty five or fifty seconds or something like that. You know, if you're getting to the first chorus by a minute and thirty. You're, you're you're done. You know that nothing's no good gonna come out of that. <laughs> uh, the, the focus of a song, you know, when you've got a verse, you know, you got the central idea. This is the name of the song. A lot of times, you know, you you write a, an amazing line, 
let's just say it's talking about a storm on a, on a, on a verse. And if in the chorus, there's nothing to support, there's not a line to support that storm, either something about a cloud, rain, you know, snow, it doesn't matter. Uh, then as good as that line is, it's got to go because, you know, every line on that verse has to have support in the chorus, a line in the chorus, you know. That's what I call the focus. Uh, a lot of times maybe one line by itself in the in the verse doesn't have any support in the chorus, but if you put the next line after it together with it, it does, and, and then it can, it can work that way as well. And uh, very, 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 very importantly, the rhythm of the vocal, the rhythm of the line, of how the line sings is in my opinion, might be the most important thing of a song. Because if your rhythm of that line is easy to sing to, you know, that listener is humming along to your song all day long without knowing the lyric. And they, they because the, the melody is strong, the rhythm of the line is simple, and it has a real good groove to it. You know, how good the, the words roll off the line, you know, and so forth. So the rhythm of the line is, you know, a lot of time, a lot of times people don't, focus on that it's it's very 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 critical that the lines roll nice and good and you know for the rhythm of the first first line of the first verse you know when you get to that second verse try to have the same rhythm on that first line in other words you know uh, that verse a verse one and verse two be symmetric rhythm wise you know the first line on verse one can't have 20 syllables and then verse two first line can't have 10 syllables, mm -hmm. you know, because then the rhythm of the line is going to change, mm -hmm. you know, so try to stay consistent with that rhythm stuff. But anyway, those are just a few things. And then, of course, the one thing that, that you can't teach is even the intangible. So how well can you tell a story? Mm -hmm. You know, a song is like, you know, there's some, some people have, have more of a, a way of telling a story than others do, you know. So uh, a lot of times, you know, you want to get in, if you're a strong lyric, lyric person, but not a real strong melody person and start doing co-writes with a real strong melody person. Exactly. You know, a lot of times, you know, a, a great lyricist and a great melody person in a room together, man, there's some serious magic that goes on. <laughs> uh, another area I'd really love to have you talk about is the studio session world, because I think a lot of people think that they're the only ones who've thought of being a session singer or player, you know, not to mention that when it comes to doing work in a studio, time is money. And if you're not a pro who can get in and out of a song in just a couple takes, you're, you're not going to be doing that for very long. Uh, yeah. You know, in Nashville, uh, recording sessions are different here than any other place on earth. Uh, a lot of times when, uh, let's say an artist is coming into town, uh, from wherever that's not used to Nashville. And they say, I want to record a 10 song record. You know, let's say this is, they say this is a custom record or a indie label record or something. And, uh, they want to know when we can, we, when we're going to rehearse. And we are like, no, we don't rehearse for studio sessions. You can show up and we can cut 10 songs and in one day, every bit as good as any top shelf record that there is. So anyway, with that said, we record, of course, we use number charts in Nashville. That's the only place on earth that uses them as well. Mm -hmm. Your ability, let's just say, you know, let's just say guitar player. The number chart only gives you the skeleton of the music. It doesn't tell you what notes to play, per se, you know, when you're doing 
decorative things to the song, it's in fields or solo, whatever. It only gives you the foundation of the, of, of, of the blueprint. From there, you have to create, you know, uh, music on your instrument. Now, again, that one element that I was talking about earlier about your inner clock being real solid um, is critical in sessions. Most people, when they're in sessions, they they tend to rush, especially in exciting moments as in the transitions going from a verse to a chorus or a chorus to a solo or to a bridge. Mm. Whenever there's that energy, you know, that, that it's building, you tend to get ahead of the beat. Does not work here. You've got to be dancing right in the middle of that click, the middle of that groove, right on. Doesn't matter how exciting, how big, how, how tender, how sensitive. You know, your timing has got to be really, really fantastic. And that's why I'm saying work on that more than anything else if you want a shot at the studio world. Um, because I tell you what, when you're in a session, you know, which I do many, many of them, and there's somebody that's rushing a little bit, they stick out like a sore thumb. Hmm. And it's distracting. You know, it's very distracting and so forth. Same thing with uh, singers. Singers have got to have great rhythm on their vocal. A lot of times they're ahead of the beat or they want to swing, you know, the vocals too, too far back and then back to the front. And that just completely, you know, for the most part, I mean, Willie Nelson gets away with it. But anyway, <laughs> you know, that destroys the groove a lot of times and so forth. So, yeah, it, in recording world, though, to get into those circles is, 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 is very, very, very hard. The only thing you can do mm-hmm. is just become, uh, try to become quick in terms of creating parts, listen to the records, you know. Uh, if you're a guitar player, listen to the records being put up right now and what's working, what's cool and stuff, and and uh, learn how to work around the vocal, complement the vocal all the time. Have really, really solid timing, you know. I, that's a lot to say, you know. Uh, and then, of course, the, the one thing that, that you, you can't teach is how quick are you on your feet? Mm-hmm. You know, uh, as, as the track is rolling, you know, when you, you, you always listen to a work tape first and look at a chart before you, you record a song, make notes on that chart. You know, if you're, if you're a lead instrument player, steel guy or fiddle or whatever, oh, well, there's three beats in this bar that nothing's happening because the vocal takes a break. Well, right now, right in there, somebody's going to jump in and do something cool there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just make notes of the chart. And so forth, where there's places that are open that you can decorate in, uh, because you know you. And again, the only way to do that is to pay real close attention to the vocal. We're a song town. We're a lyric town. You know, so it's all about that. Uh, you know, when you're when you're doing intros, always try to get a theme of the melody from the end of the chorus or from the beginning of the chorus. Whatever the strongest melodic hook of the song is, vocal wise incorporate that into an intro and an outro. You know, so right away, as soon as you hear that intro, you're hearing the, the strongest element of the harm, of the melody of the vocal already being displayed at the top of the song. And uh, uh, But again, that's a lot of information right there, but all you can do is, uh, uh, you know, work on those things and you'll be okay. Yeah, it's, it's great, great insight. 
and and we've talked. We're we're, we're almost uh, we're almost ready to conclude here. But we've talked a lot through throughout this podcast. We've talked at the up up and comers who are listening, uh, the songwriters, the artists who are downloading this podcast every week because they want to get educated to help springboard their career. Is there anything, Johnny, that that we haven't talked about or or that we did that you want to reemphasize? Um, you know, relative to to these people who are trying to break into the music business? I can tell you from my perspective that, you know, I've been blessed with talent, you know, and that all comes from the man above, in my opinion. Uh, for you people that, that you know who you are, I mean, you know what you, that you can play. I mean, it's very, very important to be a good person. Very, very important. To enjoy life at the fullest, but don't abuse yourself. You know, drugs or alcohol or something. Everything in moderation is fantastic. You know, learn how to ride down the road in a bus and people not think that you're a jerk and they can't stand you. I mean, a lot, you know, being good people is very, very important. I'm around Garth Brooks and Tricia a lot of my life in the last 27 years. And these are fantastic human beings. All the band members are fantastic human beings. So just uh, just remember, you know, yeah, you can be a hot rock unfeeling player, but if you're if you're a jerk, you ain't gonna have a gig. Not in this town, you know. So be mindful of that, you know. And it's it's just great to be around nice people. You know what I'm saying? It's it's just a, a good way to live life. Yeah, absolutely. Johnny, I, I pr- truly appreciate your time today. We're going to close out the podcast in a minute or two here with another new song that you wrote with Greg Crow and Adam Wood called Heartbreak Song. Um, just uh, before we close, talk about that song, if you would. Uh, you know, we just wrote that. I think that's a song is about a month old, and uh, Blake Shelton had it on hold. Uh, Scott Hendricks, his producer, was, was really loving on it, and they turned it loose about a week ago, and I said, oh, dead. damn it. But anyway, <laughs> but I, now uh, Trace Atkins has it on hold right now, and they're, and they're cutting here in a few days, and they're really excited about it, so we'll see what makes it there, you know? Outstanding. Well, Johnny, uh, this has just been fantastic. This uh, I'm, I'm already making a note. This this podcast is going to be stamped as a must-listen, uh, or truly valuable, almost uh, 60 minutes of information here, and I know this is going to go a long way, so uh, thank you ever so much for making the time to, to talk with me this morning. Bruce, it's been my pleasure, and thank you so much for, for thinking of me to do this. And uh, and uh, I hope that what you and I talked about this morning will, will help will have some, some people out there in the music industry. Absolutely. As always, I would like to formally close by thanking my guest, guitar player, songwriter, all-around music man, Johnny Garcia. He's a good guy. Check out his publishing company online at www.swatmusicgroup.com. And again, that's S-W-A-T, like calling in the SWAT team. And remember that you can also follow them on Twitter. There's a link uh, from their website over to their Twitter feed. Don't forget to visit www.nowhearthis.biz and sign up for the email newsletter there by simply putting in your email address. And of course, please do subscribe to this podcast and tell your friends about it. It's also extremely helpful if you give us a nice review on iTunes or Stitcher Radio and then click uh, hopefully all five stars to give it a rating. And uh, if you're listening on SoundCloud, remember that you can like and share episodes there. 
We have been recording this show at the great facilities at Crystal Blue Sound Studios near Tampa, Florida. Check them out online at www.cbpro.net. That's CB as in Crystal Blue. Thanks for listening. We'll send you out today with another song co-written by Johnny Garcia. This is the one you just talked about. It's called Heartbreak Song. Driving down a goodbye road Scanning through the radio Cause misery loves company And here I am alone Dying for some steel guitar And to hear somebody falling apart To share my pain but it sounds the same on every station in this car Nobody's singing about the love gone wrong Or being as lonely as the night is long I like a party in a truck Every bit as much as the next guy But come on, she's gone And sometimes you need a heartbreak Fight back tears Would sure be music to my ears All this dancing around With the tailgate down Ain't what I need to hear But nobody's singing About the love gone wrong Or being as lonely As the night is long I like a party in a truck Every bit as much as the next guy Like a